You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. Oh, come on, somebody. Can we give God a shout of praise again? Thank you so much for our worship team leading us to that. Oh, man, that song gets me fired up. Hey, one of the things I want to do to kind of kick us off this morning is in spirit of kind of our cultural climate and the spirit of the series that we're in, I thought it'd be fun to kind of look through the internet this week and see how creative people are getting when it comes to the masks that they're wearing. And the internet, as usual, it didn't disappoint. And so here's a couple of things that I found first. If you're wearing a Crown Royal mask, you might have a problem. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. But next one right here. Yeah, this gets a little, it gets weird, right? There's just some weird people out there, but we love them. There's some weird people out there. How about this one? Yeah, she actually had an image of her face designed into a mask. This is literally a mask on. As you can tell, she takes it off over here. It's wild. How about this one? For the dog lovers out there, how cute. For the dog lovers. And then there's this. This is just disgusting right here. Uh, just threw up in my mouth a little bit. We'll move on. Uh, if you have cats, we love you. We really do. It's going to be hard to be a part of Trace Church, but we really do love you. Well, hey, good morning and welcome. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we're incredibly grateful to have each and every one of you with us today. Thank you for those of you that are joining us online as well. Uh, you're a part of our community too, and as much as we'd love for you to be in here, we're also thankful that you're watching online today. Well, hey, I don't think we can move forward until we celebrate what we saw God do last week. If you were here and you were a part of it, last week we had 18 people surrender in the waters of baptism online. Yeah. Some of you might have known that we were trying to uh, collect over 4,000 or at least 4,000 masks in our mass drive. We collected over 5,000 masks last week. So thank you for those of you that participated. In that, uh, we're also trying to collect $50,000 for our Trace Church plant online. And so uh, we're $45,000 right now, so we're about $5,000 short. And really quick, for those that are watching online, like you probably get this, like it takes money to do this. And if what we're doing is actually a benefit and a value to you, would you consider investing in that? And if for those of you in this room, if you didn't have an opportunity to invest in that, again, $5,000 short, I think we can meet that today. Uh, and we're going to be able to connect with people. What we're talking about, let's go from content to connection right now. A lot of people have content in front of them, but we're trying to take them from content to connection. And what a better example than what we saw happen last week. Last week, two people watching online actually reached out to us and said, hey, we would like to get baptized as well. Now, unfortunately, they live in Hawaii, so I'm going to have to fly out there and do the baptisms. Guys, the things I do for Jesus. Uh, no, the Hawaii part's made up, but two people really do want to get baptized, which we think is incredible. And if you're new to Trace, like you should probably know this about us. Uh, we do celebrate numbers around here. Because we believe every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. Every one of them. Your story, listen to me, your story, it matters to God. Regardless of how it reads up until today, your story matters to God, but we have to lean in His direction, right? If you're new here, again, uh, our name Trace comes from truth and grace put together. And one of the ways that I've described that before is grace is God leaning in our direction, when God sent Jesus on our behalf, it was him leading in our direction. But truth, truth should be us leaning back in God's direction. And my hope is that every single Sunday when we gather in here together in the name of Jesus, my hope is that our posture is to lean in his direction. So I'm going to pray for that right now, and then we'll jump into my sermon for the day. Father, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for what you did last week. We know that uh, baptism is not the last step. For many, it's just the first step. God, we want to continue to take steps 
in our direction of Jesus. Father, we know we're going to fail along the way, and that's why we are so grateful for your grace. But it is your truth that is compelling us to move in your direction, knowing that you have a purpose for us, that you created us on purpose and for a purpose. And so, God, would you reveal a little bit more of that to us this morning? And everybody said, all right, let me begin this way. When, uh, when you meet somebody, when you meet somebody, what is it that you would like for them to know about you first? Like if you're single, you go out on a first-time date, or maybe it's a new neighbor, new coworker, maybe you joined a new life group here at Trace. What is it that, like, what would you say you would want people to know about you first? Some people may say, you know, it's like I'm a sports fan of this particular team. Maybe for some it would be I'm a, you know, part of this political party. I hope that wouldn't be the first thing that you would want people to know about you. For others, it could be, you know, what they do as an occupation. I'm a doctor. I'm a teacher. I'm a lawyer. If you're a lawyer, you probably wouldn't want anybody to know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, honestly, as a pastor, that's not the first thing that I want people to know about me because it often shuts the conversation down as soon as they learn that I'm a pastor. Uh, maybe for you it's a foster parent, like something you value a lot, or maybe it's a hobby you have. I'm a fisherman, I'm a, I'm a hunter, um, I'm a cyclist, you know, whatever it may be. One of the things that I think uh, would reveal a lot about what's really important to people is what they put on display. So if you were to go in, into their home, you'd probably learn really quick what's important to them based on what they put on display. It could be, you know, they're an artist, and so they have fine pieces of art around their home, or family's important, and there's Family pictures. Maybe there's a bunch of beer signs around the, around their house, and they love a good party. I don't. I don't know what it could be. If you were to come to uh, our house, one of the first things that you would see after after you walk in the door is a huge table. Yeah, it seats about ten people, and the reason that's such a focal point for us is because my wife and I we value community and conversation. And underneath that table are the people um, that we we have them write their names. So the people that have sat around that table at some point and had a meal with us, they write their name underneath the table, you'd see family pictures around our house because family is really important. You'd see a plaque that says the Pennington Family Code because we want to make sure that our kids are forced into discipline and do exactly, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but we do. It's like we have values. You'd see different sentiments of Jesus, whether it be a cross over one of our kids' beds or a little saying in the bathroom because obviously Jesus is the most important thing in our life. You see, I think we all kind of put on display. All of us have things and display things and wear things and say things that represent what we value, that represent the things that are very important to us. But where I would like to challenge us today is actually when it comes to Jesus. Like we just sang a few moments ago that he's the most important thing in our life. He turns grays into gardens. There's no one better than him. But sometimes... Sometimes we keep that hidden. I'm not sure why. Maybe you're not either, or maybe you do know why, but sometimes we keep that hidden. In other words, sometimes we mask over the most important thing or person in our life. Today what I want to do is make a small deviation from the direction that we originally took with this series. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about masks that we have a tendency to wear in our life, right? We talked about the mask of saying, I'm okay, when you're really not okay. We talked about wearing the mask of Christian, but potentially still missing out on the mission. And so today I want to veer away from kind of that direction. And I want to talk about, like, if Jesus is not just important to us, if Jesus is actually in us, in us, if we carry his presence with us, why would we ever, why would we ever want to mask 
over that. And so what I want to do is um, I want to give like a quick flyover for people that potentially could be new to the church of what that actually means. And I'm going to give you some uh, like a biblical framework to kind of build into this. But for those of you that are new to the church, when I say that Jesus is in us, when you make that decision to make Jesus the leader and Lord of your life, like when you invite him, when you understand I'm a sinner and I, I need the grace of God and I need to repent, which means to turn and go in a different direction, and I need to invite the saving grace of God into my life, and I want Jesus to be the leader and the Lord of my life, God says that he sends his Holy Spirit to live inside of you. In other words, the Spirit of Jesus lives in you. And if the Spirit of Jesus lives in us, I believe that should be on display in our lives. But let me build a biblical framework for this really quick. In Galatians chapter 2, it says, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jump over to 2 Corinthians 4. This is why we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we would know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Jump over to Matthew 5. In the same way, let that light that he put in our hearts, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Why would we ever, why would we ever want to mask over something that God is telling us to illuminate? And I'm sure you know the song. I've sang it to my kids several times at night. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, hide it under a mask. Good job, good job. I didn't know if that was going to work or not. Thanks for, thanks for meeting me halfway. You guys know, hopefully you know this. You know that when I'm up here, you're going to get the real me. I hope you know that. That's my promise. That's my commitment to you. When I'm up here, you're going to get the real me. And I want to confess you, to you this morning that sometimes I hide Jesus even as a pastor. Sometimes I cover up, I mask over Jesus in my life, and I was kind of processing through that this week, and I'm like, why do I do that? Because I'm definitely not ashamed of Jesus, and I'm definitely not scared to talk about him, so why do I have a tendency at times to mask over Jesus, the presence of the living God in my life? And a couple reasons, I think, and they may sound generic, and I apologize if these sound just kind of stupid, but Sometimes I don't want people to think that that's the only thing I can talk about. I mean, the fact that I am a pastor, it's like, hey, I can talk about other things too. Sometimes I don't want to feel like I'm forcing it on people. Maybe you have some of those same sentiments, but is that an excuse necessarily to hide the presence of the living God in our life, to not put him on display? Several years ago, um, I was on a plane, and I have a tendency to bring up Jesus uh, when I'm on planes. And I was talking to this young lady, and she began to, once she found out I was a pastor, I don't usually come out with that, but once, you know, hey, what do you do for a living? I am a pastor. And so she goes into kind of this diatribe of why she thinks that people's perspective about God is so wrong and all of these different things. And she was so off, like her theology was jacked up, like she was so far off. And so I'm trying to correct her, like suddenly I'm trying to correct her and help her to see that her, her view or image of God is, is not necessarily healthy or correct and then she looked at me and she said, see, that's the problem with all you pastors. Because I'm quoting scripture at her. She goes, see, that's the problem with all you pastors. You're just always quoting scripture at people. And I'm like, yeah, maybe we are. And if that's like, if you're new to the church and 
Like you've wanted to experience the living God in a very real and tangible way, but sometimes all you felt is that people were kind of just throwing Scripture at you. Can I just tell you I'm sorry? Because I think sometimes maybe we kind of grew up in a church culture where we got into this habit of kind of telling people or forcing people, you know, forcing Jesus on people. And it's like we just, we felt like we have to bring it up. It's like, well, I guess we've already talked about weather and football, so Jesus. And we just tried to get it in there really quick. And I feel like we've probably gotten to a place maybe where it's like we don't like doing that. We don't like feeling like we're, we're trying to force it. And so we kind of hide it. But maybe if we kind of change our approach a little bit of how we speak of Jesus, I want to talk to you about this. I talk to people about this all the time really quick. Sometimes instead of feeling like we have to talk about Jesus and just sharing scripture quotes and things like that, I'm not saying that's wrong. Hopefully you don't hear what I'm not saying. But we learn to speak of him. Here's how I would describe this. Stay with me. If I were to tell you about the Apostle Peter, I didn't know the Apostle Peter, but I have a lot of you know, scripture in front of me that I can read and tell you about his mistakes, about his failures, about his faith, about how God redeemed him, Jesus redeemed him, and all these things. I could tell you about him, but I couldn't speak of him because I don't know him. But if I were to mention to you about my wife, Emily, I wouldn't talk about her. I wouldn't tell you about her. I would speak of her. You see, when you know someone, you speak of them because you know them. And I think what we've missed along the way, somewhere along the way, we've forgotten maybe that Jesus actually lives in us. We carry the presence of God with us everywhere we go. In other words, you get to spend time with Jesus. In other words, you don't have to talk about him. You can speak of him. And I believe if we will learn to speak of Jesus, it will come across completely different for those that are on the receiving end of what we're, what we're hoping that they see, how we're putting Jesus on display in our life. A couple of exercises I would give you really quick are statements. And I would encourage you to do this with your family, with your kids. And so if you want to get your phone out, take a snapshot of this or write it down really quick, I'd encourage you to do this. Maybe if you're in a small group, strongly encourage all you that are in a small group to practice this week. And I call it practicing speaking of Jesus. And so instead of just kind of sharing quotes, like speak out loud, Jesus, I want you to. And let everybody go around. Jesus, And every time you go around, like start with this statement, Jesus, I want you to. And remember that you're speaking to a living God. Remember that you're speaking to the presence of God in your very own life, the Spirit of God who is in you. And maybe it would be this statement, Jesus, would you help me with? Jesus, would you help me with? And fill in the blank. And man, if you were to do this with your kids and allow this to be somewhat of a routine practice in your home, I believe you'll learn to speak of Jesus instead of just talking about him. And I believe the way that you put him on display in your life will drastically change. Jesus, I'm struggling with. Jesus, I'm struggling with. I mean, what if your kids got to see you as their mom or dad? Speak to Jesus. Jesus, I'm struggling with. Jesus, I know you can. I know you can. You see, if we want the presence of God to be on display in our life, we have to learn to speak of Him. If I were to go back in my life and just kind of venture back into my history and think about the people that made the biggest impact on me when it came to faith and when it came to Jesus, it wouldn't necessarily be the people who told me a lot about Jesus. It would be the people that put Jesus on display in their life. And I got to experience it. I got to see it. When I was five years old, my parents uh, got a divorce, and you know that was tough on a 
little five-year-old boy and uh, struggling. And my mom was a single mom of three boys. And after my dad left, we would take trips a lot of times on the weekends to go see my grandparents. And then it was about an hour away. And so on Sunday, uh, oftentimes on Sunday, when we were coming back, we'd be driving down this hill in my neighborhood. We were at the, our house is at the bottom of this hill. And I remember on several occasions hearing my mom say, looks like Ernie mowed our yard again. Ernie Chosper was our neighbor who lived right across the street, and Jesus was on display in Ernie's life. I remember one day, uh, Ernie came over and knocked on our door, and he said, hey, I was just wondering if I could take Aaron to go get him some ice cream. And he had this sweet Camaro. It was a canary yellow Camaro. It was a convertible, and he was one of those cars he didn't bring out that often. He, like, washed and waxed it every day, but he almost never drove it. He said, I'd love to take Aaron to go get some ice cream in my Camaro. Jesus was on display in Ernie's life, and it made it made me want to have Jesus on display in my life because I got to experience what that felt like. You see, when we allow the presence of Jesus to be on display in our lives, we remind people, we show people there's always hope. And could we all agree this morning that if there's anything that people need to be reminded of is that there's always hope? Guys, we... We worship a man. We worship a man that wouldn't allow death to hold him down. And because death would not hold him down, hope will always be found in him. Hope will always be found in him. But sometimes, listen to me, and I hate this, but it's true probably for the majority of us. Sometimes we mask over this hope. We mask over this notion of allowing Jesus to be on display in our life simply so that we can share some generic opinion about something that really doesn't matter, some kind of cheap opinion about politics or about what you think about people who do wear masks or what the people who don't wear masks or what you think about those people or the Black Lives Matter movement or Democrats or Republicans or LGBTQ. What we do is we have a tendency to try to push these generic opinions that really don't make any difference whatsoever. And we push those above this notion that we can actually allow Jesus to be on display in our lives. And so between now and the election, I'm going to get in your face a little bit. And I want to remind you, and this is from me, that I don't care nearly as much about who you vote for than I do how you treat people that vote differently than you. Can I say it again? I don't care nearly as much about who you vote for as I do how you treat those that vote differently than you. Let me remind you of what Paul said when he wrote to the church in Galatia in chapter 6. He says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary. I know right now many of us just feel weary, but Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Trace Church, do not give up allowing Jesus to be on display in your life. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to who? Say it again, who? Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family 
of believers. Guys, we carry the very of we carry the very presence of God with us. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that one of the best ways probably to allow Jesus to be on display in our lives is by elevating three things, three things that will never die, faith, hope, and love. And so I want to encourage all of us this morning, including myself, not to lever, not to ever allow an opposing opinion to get in the way of us letting people see Jesus on display in our lives, specifically through the areas of faith, hope, and love. No one, listen to me, no one deserves, no matter what opinion they have on any political, you know, what, whatever, no one deserves any less of Jesus from you because of an opinion or a differing opinion they have. No one deserves any less of Jesus from you based on an opinion that you may have. So for you, that may be a challenge when you see people that look like this. They don't deserve any less of Jesus from you. Or maybe for you, it's actually these people. They don't deserve any less of Jesus from you. You know, when Jesus said to love your neighbor, he knew it was going to be people that didn't look like you, think like you, or believe what you believed. That's why when he kind of hammered this principle home of loving your neighbor, he used this parable of the Good Samaritan. I would encourage you to go back and read that this week. Guys, as followers of Jesus, it's our job to stop recycling the hate. It's our job to stop recycling the hate, but instead be agents of change, to show people that there is a different way, that there's a better way. Next week, we're kicking off a new series, and I really don't want any of you to miss one single Sunday of this because I believe this series is going to be so critical for us, especially leading up to a very, a very divisive election in our country. It's going to be called Modnik, which is kingdom spelled backwards. And I want to remind us that when Jesus came in to usher in his kingdom, he was flipping everything on its head which means oftentimes the natural reaction that we would have to things, Jesus would say, time out, hold on. Remember that my presence, my spirit lives inside of you, and I want you to think about what you're about to post, what you're about to do, what you're about to say completely different, because my kingdom, when you were brought into my kingdom, we do things differently. We do things differently. More than ever, our world needs to see faith and hope and love on display in our lives. And so my hope is you won't miss a single episode of that series. I'm incredibly excited for it. Even though Jesus came into, you know, came to usher in this new kingdom that was flipping everything on its head, he did say that we could bring it to earth, right? He said, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we just collectively say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in Colorado Springs as it is in heaven, allowing the presence of God to be brought with us everywhere we go, putting him on display, not forcing him on people, but learning to speak of Jesus because he is in us. We get to spend time with him. We can tell people what he's doing in our lives. We can show them faith and hope and love and how we treat them. And I believe if we will do that, I believe if we will do that, we will begin to usher God's kingdom on this earth. Let me close by reading you one more passage in Colossians chapter 3. Paul says, Since then, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. 
Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, not politics, not an opinion on some you know, cultural distinctive that's happening in our nation right now. No, Christ who is your life. When he appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. In other words, Jesus is coming back. But until then, we have the opportunity. If we allow the presence of God to be put on display in our lives, the people that we come into contact with, we actually can bring some of God's kingdom to this earth. Do not minimize your influence. The presence of Jesus is with you. Put him on display. Our world desperately needs it. Let me pray for us. Father, unfortunately, I think this is going to be a divisive time in our nation. And unfortunately, I believe this is also going to be a divisive time within the church. God, I pray that you would remind us that when Jesus came to usher in a new kingdom, he really did flip everything on its head. And he's got a completely different way for us to look at life and how we live out our faith and how we even treat those that have opposing views from us. And God, we know that it's like there, there are definitely times where we need to stand for biblical principles and we need to have um, values that we hold true to. But if we look at the life of Christ and all the people that he came into contact with, I think there's a lot to be learned. And so God, I pray that over the next several weeks, especially as we kick off this new series, uh, Lord, that you would remind us that your kingdom looks completely different. Sometimes we get caught up too much in the American kingdom. And Father, I pray that we were reminded we, we have been invited into a completely new kingdom and we can bring some of heaven to earth if we will simply be reminded that we carry the presence of Jesus with us. And if we'll allow him to be on display in our lives by elevating faith, hope, and love, we can bring some of that kingdom to this earth. Would you continue to remind us of that, God? Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.